Holmes Fox twin eggs, one from Massachusetts and one from New York, and you put them in the same room together? Well, get ready for a serious sports talk party. It's time for WTBR Sports Talk with Evan and Robbie. Here we go. Good morning, everybody. It's the first edition of WTBR Sports Talk. Um, Robbie Zucker and Evan Valenti joining me. And thank you, Evan, so much for being here. We're at the beautiful WTBR studios. Man, if you have not been here, and if you've not walked into the station, if you've not seen the station or heard the station, it's an amazing place. Got a great staff here. Fantastic music. I mean, they play unbelievable cuts. And Ev, thank you so much for joining me. And we're going to talk about baseball predominantly today. But uh, but we can focus on some football. Evan's like the resident expert on, on the Patriots. I don't know. What I'm, I'm not an expert. On, I, well, I don't know. I'm not an expert on anything anymore, basically. But uh, It's because you I, work so hard. Well, yeah. But, I, you know, look, man, first and foremost... Appreciate the intro. Oh, my God. Not a problem. Welcome back to, to doing talk radio again. It's been a Thanks, long time man. for me, for sure. Oh. Uh, it's been a bit. The, the sports show I stopped a long, you know, a couple of years ago. I know. It sucks. It was great. Uh, well, I appreciate that. <laughs> but it's like, you know, it's one of those things to labor, love, but, you know, things get in the way and things uh, of course. things change as you get older. And, you know, look, I'm just happy to be here to help you out here. Is this your first? Now, let's get into this. Is this your first show? This is my, well, this is my first show in, since I worked out at the station down in Barrington for four or five years. I had a jazz program and i had a sports program and and it's been a while so uh yeah it's 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 nice to be back on the air and uh, thank i want to thank uh, matt and jeff and dave and and, and bob heck and everybody at wtbr uh, a really great bunch of guys and uh, i was knocking on the door at nine o'clock this morning right and matt's like he's like talking on this thing he's like i'm at home it's like this little speaker that's outside the door and he says you're not on till 10 o'clock i said oh geez i thought it was nine. Oh well at least i was punctual so yeah right an hour early <laughs> Well, if you're not an hour early, you're late. Rob. Exactly, exactly, right. Look, we so, know that rule. I actually drank coffee the first time ever. I always tell Sue, "My God, I know." Wait a minute, wait. This is the, wait a minute. This is the first time you've had coffee. Well, no, for a while and oh, stuff. Okay. But caffeine's not good for me, you know. Right. Only half a cup, you know. All they right. say, you know. Yeah. Well, dude, I, I I live off coffee. So I know you do. It's just one of those things. I know, man. Every time I see you, the story, like there's a cup of coffee. Well, look, there. you know, we got summer league basketball right now. I got to be able to stay up at night to watch all these games. I, I know. I figured you'd be the only one watching summer I'm, league I basketball. Am one, I got to be the only guy in Berkshire County that watches it. I'll be Absolutely. honest. <laughs> and I don't even care about that. That's that's just uh, I love basketball. I love watching I basketball. I love watching the young guys. It's one of my favorite things. Learning about these younger players absolutely. that come in. And we'll get to probably some of that later, though. Oh, absolutely. Where do you want to? So where do you want to start? Because you've got, been you've been peppering me with stuff all week long. Where do you want to well, start? Well, I got to start. You got to start with the, first of all the fall of your Red Sox now, and I'm I'm going to talk about the Yankees, and and also want to talk about the Mets who are just like sinking like a you know. Well, they're doing well, the like a Led Zeppelin. Is like I think it was. Well, like, what did you what did what did you expect from the Mets though? I mean, to be honest with you, the fact that they were in first place for so long was kind of a miracle, no? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, losing to Grom is terrible, but this, they've, re- they've really over-evaluated the talent on this team. Let's be honest. I mean, they haven't had anybody on this team right now that has had a success rate of maybe two or three years. I mean, let's look at the players on here. You got Alonzo at first base. He's had a couple good years. Jeff McNeil well, had one good year. You know I mean? It's, Alonzo's definitely a good player. Yeah. You know, the problem that they have is they get hurt. And again, I don't know what, what uh, you know... Uh, what is buried beneath City Field that makes everybody in the Mets get hurt every year? But this is just like one of these things. It's a weird thing that keeps happening with the Mets. I don't really understand what's wrong with it. But like every year, the Mets have like 17 catastrophic injuries <laughs> and somehow like still hang around. Like that's the thing. The Mets, for some reason, every year have a million of these injuries and somehow, some way, they're like in the wild card game or they're, they're, they win the division. Like I don't understand. It's pretty remarkable. 
that they've been able to do this. And 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 to be honest with you, the one thing I like about the Mets, and I'm sure we'll get into more you know baseball in a second here. But oh, yeah. The one thing I like about the Mets is Steve Cohen, the new owner of the Mets, came in, got them Francisco Lindor for an absurd contract. Cheap. We, uh, uh, I don't. I can't 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 be cheap. <laughs> no, hitting out three hundred million dollar right, contracts, exactly. Rob. That's yeah, not yeah, possible. I know. I know. So you bring in Lindor. They go get Javi Baez. You know they they've been, they've been trying to main. They're trying to tread water right now as they try and get healthy. And with the Mets, like, you know, once DeGrom started having issues, their season kind of, like, wavered right there. Yep. Because regardless of how the Mets overachieve here, and they have some other pitchers that are really good, the Mets have been able to develop some pitching over the years. They lost Zach Wheeler, which is a one that looks oh, tough now. Oh, he was now. great the other day. Um, but, they, you know, once DeGrom goes down, your number one certified, bona fide ace, who's the best pitcher in baseball, and don't give me anybody else, DeGrom, at when he's healthy, is better than everybody by oh, yeah. a mile. Oh, yeah. Um, once he goes down, you just have to kind of reevaluate, and they just haven't been able to pick up a little bit of the slack there. So, And that division is – the other thing is that division is absolutely terrible. It is one of the worst divisions of baseball, if not the worst division it's the of baseball. Worst. And you have a Philadelphia Phillies team that's has come from nowhere and found their way back into contention. Uh, what, what, they, you know, they found their way back into contention here and are, are in the top of the standings right now. And it's like, yeah, even though the Mets are banged up and even though they don't have the sexiest team on paper, that team can still win the division. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's insane that they can still win. It's it, it it's like in the Mets Mets fans are like hey we're in the playoffs and they'll get absolutely <laughs> shellacked by the San Francisco Giants in the first round and you'll be like what a great season that was but yeah, it's it, like the it, NFC East but yeah football. but meanwhile though if you're the Mets like this this constant like run of mediocrity and I'm gonna give Cohen a little bit of a break here because it's his first year owning the team right but like this has got to stop like the, the, you know and it, it, it's just funny to watch them and the Yankees right and the Yankees whenever. You know, something catastrophic happens to them. They the the fan base gets absolutely absolutely mental. You mean when I text you, right? <laughs> and like this whole f- the first half of the season for Yankee fans was like torture. Yep, absolute torture. Now they've turned that around a little bit differently, uh, but like absolute torture for the Yankees. And yet at the same time, they had like the same record as the Mets. And Mets fans are elated. The Yankee fans are are angry. So I just find it funny that the, the dichotomy between two fan bases is interesting. Yeah, they've actually um, went through two stretches where the Yankees were horrible and the Mets were doing well, but. Yeah, we've, we've known all year that the National League East is terrible and so forth. But what kills me is that they've had so many of these young core players, and none of them seem to actually come through except for a guy like Alonzo. Now, McNeil's had a decent year. J.D. Davis was hurt. Uh, Dom Smith, is they're all juxtaposed so ridiculously. I mean, Dom Smith is a first baseman playing the outfield. J.D. Davis is really not a third baseman. He's a D.H. playing third. I mean, it's just a strange team that actually is just strangely juxtaposed. So right. I don't really know what they're going to do. All yeah. I know is that without DeGrom and Stroman struggling – and now uh, Tyrone, Tyrone Walker struggling, who has been really good all year except for the last three or four starts. I don't know where they're getting it from, but I'll tell you honestly, Cohen could have had George Springer. He could have tried to sign Riamuto. I mean, Philly went out, and they got Riamuto, and they got Springer, and then they got, what, before that in the year, they got Bryce Harper. So, I mean, at least Philly is spending the money. I mean, I know they gave – it was stupid to give Lindor $341 million. We have five free agent shortstops coming out, but the pressure was so much there to sign a guy. They didn't need a shortstop. They need a center fielder. Nimmo was a good player, but he's not a center fielder. He's more right. of a corner outfielder. So – 
I don't really know what's going to go on. I mean, who knows? There's been up and downs between the Braves. Of you know, at least the Braves went on trying to do something. They lost, you know, Acuna for what the entire season. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, yeah he's, he's gone. gone. So, so at least they went out and tried to do something. And the Mets right. got Javi Baez. But if you watch Javi Baez, and I've always been a big fan of him, I didn't realize how much he strikes out. Oh, he strikes it's out a ton. Ridiculous. But the, th- the thing is with Javi Baez, though, yeah. is you have his best friend Lindor at the other side. Like that's <laughs> right. that was the idea. Maybe if you compare him with Lindor, right. you can pull something out of him, right? And that's and that's like it's the same thing with like Rizzo and the Yankees right Love now. Love Rizzo. You get you get Rizzo in Love there, Rizzo. give him a change of scenery, right? And all of a sudden now he's you know uh, you know Mickey Mantle in, <laughs> in Yankee Stadium here hitting home runs every other day. So like that's the the idea is like the change of scenery thing, and that's helped the Yankees. Dramatically, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not the biggest Gallo guy, uh, because of the strikeouts, and neither of these guys this year were doing well against uh, right-handed pitching, right, which was another, right, another problem there. Yep. But you know, you can't argue with the results so far that the the in, the injection of these two guys has you know rejuvenated this Yankees team, and the Yankees right now are one of the hottest teams in baseball, and their pitching has been. Okay, it's been has good. It, hasn't been tremendous. Their bullpen still from night to night gives you some pause. But look, if they're going to hit home runs like that, and they're going to put runs in the like, and that's the thing with the Yankees over the past couple of years, it's always been if they hit home runs, right. they're going to win baseball games. But they don't. But they don't. In the playoffs, those home runs are you know few and far between because you face better pitching. They're beating up on you know right. the Royals. They're beating up on the Marlins. Baltimore, Baltimore, like cool. But when you play the Astros or when you play this White Sox team or the Red Sox or you play the Red Sox or this Toronto team or the Rays, these teams that can pitch and the Red Sox can sort of pitch, you know you're going to have some trouble. <laughs> So and we'll get you know we're gonna the Sox I know, in hear a minute. Red Sox brands. Um, but like you have you have this Yankees team that's again flawed, sure. More interesting now because they have more balance their lineup. Yes. So you know, do I think they're gonna win the World Series? Absolutely not. I don't think they're. I think they're the fourth best team in the American League. But that doesn't mean they can't get hot for a while and make a real run at this thing. So the one thing I'll say is. As dead as they looked in the water prior to the trade deadline, they look worlds better now, which is exactly what you want if you're Brian Cashman and truthfully trying to save your job right now. I think if if this didn't go well for Cashman, if he acquired two guys and they didn't do well, then I think you'd say bye to Brian Cashman at the end of the season. Yeah, he was so much part of the of the you know Steinbrenner family. The guy's been there what 22, 23 years, even more than that. And the yeah. thing is that. If you look at if you look at the way the lineup is constructed, I mean, right. all, I used to tell you all the time I couldn't stand all the right-handers. So they get Rizzo, which I was ecstatic about. Right now, Rizzo's got this COVID thing, so you got four guys out on the COVID list. Then you got Herman hurt his shoulder. Then uh, you know they they have injuries galore. I mean, they, and, and Herschel is always hurt. The thing is that what I don't understand is they brought up Greg Allen. It gave him some speed. It induced some excitement into the team. Stolen bases, hitting runs. I mean, Boone was actually playing aggressive baseball. And yet they go, oh, we're going to send Greg Allen now and keep up 38-year-old Brett Gardner. He's hitting 197. Now he's over, oh, sorry, he's over 200. He hit 202 Well, there's now. a reason for that, Rob. you got to understand the semantics what's of the baseball. Re- what's the reason? Because Allen has options left on his team, and you can still keep him on the 40-man roster. Brett Gardner has to stay there. 
Why? <laughs> because contractually he has to stay there. That's just the difference. If if I was Gardner and I'm hitting 197, I'm sorry, I'm retiring. I'm not going to embarrass myself as a baseball player. Keep getting there. them checks, man. Are you kidding me? Uh, yeah. Well, they already. Yeah. Well, they keep paying, getting them checks, yeah. brother. That's what I'm talking $10 about. Ten million dollars to hit 197. It's hey, would you turn down ten no, million to I, hit 198? I, hit one, I don't think so. I hit 134 for ten million. What do you right. <laughs> so I mean, if Brett Gardner, don't blame Brett Gardner. It ain't his fault. He's not his. He, he, he just was offered a contract. <laughs> He's just there, right? What do you want him to do? Nothing. Just right. take the money and run. Exactly. But the problem is he never runs. He stands on first base. I there mean, you go. So, so here's the deal. He bats Gardner last night first. Then he bats Stanton. How do you bat a guy who, who strikes out 200 times? Like you and I have had this argument a million times about right. the power hitting batting second. It's like putting Dave Kingman up second. It just makes no well, sense. No, like. The, the one thing hitting fifth. I, if, mean, I don't if, get it. I'm if, sorry. Well, you got to find ways to get guys going in this lineup first and foremost. Okay. But the one thing that I'll say is this: you know, with like the Mookie Betts leads off thing, right? The reason why Mookie Betts led off is because Mookie Betts is the best hitter on the team. So you want more at bats, the he's best hitter on the team. Though, but speed, though. You took it right out of my took it right out of my mouth. You have a guy that can get on base and then steal bases, right? Yep. The idea with Benintendi was to 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 try and make him into a into a Mookie type guy. Right when they right. had been intending, right. make him a Mookie type guy so we can lead off. And then he can bat Mookie third because he's also like the best RBI guy in the team. So it's like it's one of those things where batting stand second doesn't make a lot of sense unless you're just trying to go righty lefty righty lefty the entire day. But it doesn't make any sense because he doesn't get on base. Right. And if you're you want like in an ideal world, stands like your seven hitter because. He hits home runs every once in a while, lucks into one, but doesn't get on a base. And the, normally those guys you know, tend to be the bottom of the order. You don't want a guy like that in the middle, in the heart of your lineup, which right, I never agree with. But they don't have any other options because the rest of their lineup is, is hurt. So, so, and so. her shell is always hurt. I mean, but the thing about Stan that drives me crazy, like last night I'm watching him taking a bat. He swings at sliders that are so far to the strikes, and you wonder what this guy's looking at. Like, he needs a pair of glasses. I feel like I'm watching Ryan Durham from the 50s with a right. Coke bottle glasses and stuff. It's ridiculous to watch. And then he puts Judge up after him. It's like you could have put Gallo up between Judge and Stanton, righty-lefty. But Gallo, you mentioned Gallo before. Look, Gallo is only 27 years old. Gallo is a guy who's a terrific defensive outfielder. What I notice when I watch him, his swing is too long. He needs to take the ball the opposite way once in a while. And he's pull-happy. He did the same thing like Mark Desher when he came to the Yankees. Was you know close to 300 lifetime hitter. He comes to the Yankees, tries to pull everything, and then becomes a 220 hitter. So yeah. I mean, so I think I, with Tex, at least Tex could back, bat switch. You know, this is the only left-handed bat here right. with Gallo. But with Gallo, the thing is that you get a guy who's a corner outfielder can play defense, and with Rizzo, you get a first baseman because Luke Voigt, even though he had a good game last night, and Luke right. actually played well, you feel so much more comfortable with Riz at first base, scooping up balls in the ground, stuff like yep. that. And now Glaber's hurt. I mean, these guys are ridiculous. I mean, sliding into the plate and you got a bad thumb and you're out for 20 days. I've never heard of anything like this in my life. No, guys didn't get hurt when I was a kid like this. And they weren't built like this. Like, you look at the 96 teams through the, what, two, through 2000, 2001 with the Yankees, they're all small guys. Who's built in bulk like Stanton and Judge? All these guys are like, you know, they're not on roids, but they think that uh, the, the idea to hit a baseball is to be as strong as possible. To me, it's about flexibility. Yeah, my, my problem with like Stanton is like he can't play tight end for the Patriots at some point in his career. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I don't know what the, the Giants' tight end room looks like. I know they have oh, what Ingram God. and uh, Kyle Rudolph in there. Yeah, but I mean, the, the Jets only have Chris Herndon, so I mean, and if he can go the other way, and that would be you know pretty helpful for the New York media just to get him out because he looks like a football yeah. player. I call Evan Ingram. Oops. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's right. yeah. Well, you know, hey, you know, get the dropsies. It happens to everybody. So I want to hear about the Red Sox. So, so the Red Sox I, problem yeah. right now, and you know, I know you've been waiting for this. The Red Sox yeah. problem right now is the fact that they they're leaving too many guys on base, and that's their biggest issue. Sounds like the Yankees. Um, you know. 
and it, it it's like a it's a it's a pretty interesting slump because it seems to be hitting everybody you know somewhat simultaneously. I'm not totally sold that Xander Bogarts is healthy right now. I think he might be battling something that uh, he's had a wrist injury. And they've been trying to bring him along a little bit with it, and he's playing through it. But yeah. I think it, I think maybe at some point you might want to sit him down for a bit. And I know they're still, you know, they're they're waiting for Schwarber. But this team, he's this, still hurt. Jeez, this this well, he just had a setback. This team is is leaving got too many guys on base, and that's their issue right now. They're you know they're just they can't seem to get the big hit that they were getting earlier in the season. Right. And earlier in the season, they were racking up runs. They were racking up clutch hit after clutch hit after clutch hit after clutch hit. It was a team that really, and I, I, the reason why I love that team is they love, they, they, you got to get 27 outs to beat this team. And it was like in the eighth inning, they'd have these unbelievable rallies, right. seventh inning, unbelievable rally. And it was like, this team never dies, which I liked. But right now those rallies just aren't happening because guys aren't, aren't coming through in the clutch, and that's their problem. I do think that an injection of sale, which is coming this weekend, he's right, going to pitch right, I think the, the 14th against Baltimore, so that's a nice tune-up for Chris Sale. Uh, you know, that'll be nice. <laughs> um, so, you know, you're going to get Chris Sale back, who's going to be the best pitcher on your team if, if everything goes okay. And I think when you have him, uh, Evaldi, who's been tremendous this year, and, you know, Erod there, Eduardo Rodriguez. You got those three guys. That's a decent toppy rotation. They're going to substitute Tanner Houck, I believe, uh, for one of either Garrett Richards or, or um, Martin Perez. Both of those guys are disasters. Right. I mean, they're both, they're th- neither of those guys are starting pitchers. I mean, Martin Perez last year was fine as your fifth starter when right, you're right. trying to be the one of the worst teams in baseball. All right, when you when you're trying to tank and get a top draft pick in the draft, having Martin Perez go every five days, it's not bad. But when you're in the middle of a pennant race trying to win the American League right, East, right. which is a tough division this year, okay, the best, the best. Uh, Martin Perez just does not cut it. Okay, Garrett Richards just doesn't cut it. And what they need to do is move. I think Perez can be a decent bullpen guy because, like, as soon as he goes second times in the lineup, he's a disaster, but the first time through isn't so bad. So if he's a reliever, that's not the worst thing. Tanner Haug has shown you every step of the way that he has electric stuff. I like him. He's, he just has electric stuff, and yeah. he, he doesn't seem afraid of the moment. He reminds me a little bit of a younger Papelbon. Right, right, right. Where Papelbon came in when he was younger, like I think one of his first games was against the Yankees in Yankee Stadium, and just wiped them down, which I thought was really was really I great for that. his yeah, career. Great. I think Hauk is very similar. Has electric stuff. Yep. Uh, wipeout slider reminds you a little bit of Chris Sale from the right side. Not as good, obviously, because Sale's one of the best pitchers in baseball when he's on. So if you add those two guys and you in, and you put Schwarber in the lineup, and they're going to have him play first base, he's going to play first. Okay. Uh, they're going to try him there to start. All right, whether he's going to be good at it or not, we'll see. He's a really good teammate, um, willing to do anything you want him to do. So he's going to give it a shot, and you know, you know, he's going to give it his all there. Championship pedigree. But they, yeah, but they, they need that injection the Yankees got. And I think what happened with this team was they were looking for some help and they didn't get it. And I don't blame Heim either, right? Heim Bloom, the the GM, the the president of baseball operations of the Red Sox, you know, he. They were they were involved in stuff, but it was a seller's market. Some of the guys that they were looking at just got you know taken by like look at uh, Barrios for the Blue Jays, right? Well, they they gave up Barrios. A to- they, they got they gave up a top twenty prospect, which the Red Sox don't have right now for for Barrios. You look right. at Max Scherzer. Well, they got what Scherzer and the what the it, what's the what's the kid's name there? Turner. Oh, Turner's great. Trey Turner, Turner to Love go Turner. to the Dodgers. Right. I don't know if the Dodgers have any more prospects. I don't understand that at all. But like the, <laughs> like you know right. these two. teams teams gave up legit prospects for these guys in the Red Sox the problem that they don't ha- like they have right now 
And I'm not saying Tristan Cassis isn't a good prospect, top 30 prospect, whatever you read. Right. But the Red Sox want him to play first base next year. They're not looking for him. They're not trying to trade him away for a, for a year and a half of Barrios when the next guy they have in the pipeline is Bobby but Bobby why, Dahlbeck, and why, he strikes out all the time. Right, but why didn't they? I don't understand why the Red Sox didn't go after Rizzo. He'd been perfect for them. I mean, what, what did the Yankees really give up to get Rizzo? They also they also paid his salary. I mean, Cashman didn't they, have to they, pay the I don't, salary. I don't think the Red Sox were totally sold that Rizzo would fit their roster as well as he's doing. And like he's, and, he's doing extremely well. And York. they think Frenchie Cordero is going to be the answer at first base for the No, that's why they traded for Schwarber. Right, Schwarber, right. so Schwarber was, first off, Schwarber was an all-star this year. Yeah, I know. So it's not like he had a, he's having a bad season. Oh, no. Just they traded for him while he's hurt. So that's what, that's the, the only issue with it. But uh, look, the Red Sox struck gold here with this <laughs> season. All right. Yep. Last year, they were awful. Okay. I didn't even really watch them last year. No, you didn't. You told me I'm not watching. But them. this year, they've 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 somehow struck gold. Like some of the signings they've made, Kike Hernandez, who I love and I've known since he was I 17 years old, yeah. is playing extremely well for this team. I did not expect this to happen. He's going to have 20 home runs this year, which is like to me a complete shocker. Hunter Renfro, another signing that just hit. I mean, absolutely hit. They've hit on some things that they were that I I didn't expect them to really hit on than the way that they have. I like Verdugo too. Well, Dougie Dougie brings energy, and I yeah. and I do appreciate him. Yeah. So it's like, you know, they're they're ahead. Of, they remind me. You remember when the Yankees were ahead of schedule? Yes, when they, in, in 2017, and they lost to the Astros. Yeah, the baby Bombers. Sure. This reminds me a little bit of that, where like I did not expect them to compete at all. Right. Like the way they're competing, and as the as expectations change in the season. Right, you have to you have to now like it, you know oh, look they're in contention you got to go make moves and they and they did right. in a way there you know let's also acknowledge the fact that getting Chris Sale is is you know a huge move for oh, them yeah. too so th- they're not out of it um, this division no, is this divi- people are panicking like crazy this no. division is a bloodbath I think the AL East the NL West one of those teams is going to win it right. all right I think they're going to be too battle tested. You know, look, I like the White Sox, but love the White Sox. They're, they're, I think they're too young right now. Do you? I think I do. I, man, you know what? I think they I have, do. I, if they, I think they have. And I'm not a big Larusa guy. I think Larusa is a big jerk this year. He's been a He's jerk. always been a jerk. But he's not a, a big manager. Fan. Not a fan. I'm not a fan. He's been, he's been. He almost made one of his team. His his uh, his uh, his players quit baseball this year, which is ridiculous. But uh, Rob, I think we got to take a break, kid. Yeah, definitely. We're at 22 minutes in here. All right, we you listen take to WTBR Sports Talk. I'm Valenti Robbie Zucker with you. We'll be back right after this message. Stick around. Support for WTBR comes from Sandrini Enterprises, providing awnings and canopies in Western Massachusetts. Retractable awnings, retractable screens, gutter and gutter protection systems, commercial awnings, and screen rooms. Customized solutions available online at Sandrini.com. UCP of Western Massachusetts is hiring. If you'd like to help people with different abilities lead independent lives, apply at ucpwma.org jobs. We need direct and living caregivers. Join the agency who's reimagining independence. If you've cut the cord and still want to keep in touch with Pittsfield Community Television, PCTV Select is now available on Roku and Apple TV. Live press conferences, city meetings, and more are just a click away. Pittsfield Community Television is now available without cable with PCTV Select. Available on Roku and Apple TV. For more details and for download instructions, go to PittsfieldTV.org. 
Hey, we're back, folks. That was quick, right? It's never. It's one thing I like. Nobody about runs this. a board like Evan Valenti. Let me tell you something, folks. He is the man behind a production booth. So um, I've been so, doing this a long time. I know you have, and I'm so glad you're here, man. I'm doing like, this a long oh time. Oh my god! I was like, oh my god, he's coming. He's coming in. So anyway, look, I'm only here because I can do this. I know. <laughs> Not because of my sports knowledge. Let's get that straight. Let's get that straight first and foremost. Okay, I'm only here because I can do this part of the 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 operation. Amazing sports knowledge. I mean, I do okay. Oh my god, nobody knows. Nobody knows more about basketball, minor league. You know, I love guys coming up, and 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 you know, we could talk about the Knicks and the Celtics sometime too. But I just I want to talk about Aaron Boone specifically. About sure. Okay, this manager drives me bananas. Okay, he is what I call an analytics clown, and I could talk for two hours why I can't stand analytics. In fact, I'm writing periodicals about it right now. Unfortunately, we only have about uh, 45 minutes left, so you got to kind of cut it down. But seriously, 35, whatever that. This guy, this guy is drives me nuts. I mean, between can he ever? He has no feel for the game whatsoever. Everything's about pitch count. He has no feel. I mean, the Domingo Herman game where he took him out when he's pitching a no hitter, gives him one hit, and then just destroys. He has lost about four or five games for him with just bad decisions. So if the Yankees lose the division by three or four games, you can blame Aaron Boone. Some of the dumbest decisions I've ever seen in my life. But the constant switching of pitchers, the constant batting lineups, the constant batting orders—it's just ridiculous. Baseball has become so farcical. When I was a kid, I would go and turn on the TV, and I knew every. Every day that Chris Chambliss was at first base, I knew that Willie was at second, I knew Bucky was at short, and I knew Nettles was at third, and, J- and Jackson, and Mickey at center, and, and Thurman behind the plate, may he rest in peace. But I mean, it's just ridiculous watching these right. constant changes well, in my, the lineup. My, what the my, hell's the matter my with issue, My issue with Boone, yeah. and, and it's been like, I guess, sort of remedied recently. It's just a putz. <laughs> my, my issue with Boone is he doesn't do anything. He just sits there and watches the game. He's like you and me watching the game exactly. on TV. He doesn't make any adjustments at all. And that's the big difference between him and, like, look at what a manager does I for a Cora. team. Between Cora and Aaron Boone, right? The Red Sox were an d- absolute tire fire last year. They were awful. <laughs> they were so bad. And I'm not trying to make fun of Ron Renneke, but I think Ron knew, like, yeah. this is only a one-year t- one yeah, gig, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're out of here. We're hiring Cora <laughs> back as soon as we possibly can. I knew that that as you knew that was going to be the case. I think Renicky knew that was going to be the case. So I don't think he was like, he was like, look, I'll collect my check and I'll right, get out of here. Right, like good Brent Gardner. Good for you, brother. That's good. But look at what a manager does. And the one thing I love about Cora, and I, you know, I don't mean to dump on Boone, but this is just the way no, this is going to go. No, you can dump on him because I've been dumping on him but all year. Go ahead, like dump as much di- as you the want. The difference is Cora. And it's not like either of these guys, like, they're both removed from the game from at the same time. Right. Right? Like, they both left baseball relatively much, at yeah. the same time. Yeah, right? Much, yeah. The difference between Boone is Boone then spent his time in a ESPN TV booth. <laughs> That's right. Sitting there, <laughs> watching the game, like you and me, and, like, every once in a while making a comment, like, oh, he shouldn't have swung there. Like, like okay, cool, bro. Like, Way to hindsight be in 2020, Aaron Boone. Thanks a lot. Meanwhile, Alex Cora is in the dugout managing for like the Puerto Rican national team. He's with the Houston Astros going to a World Series. Right. And everybody that you would talk to about Alex Cora is like, this guy's going to be a major league manager someday because he's too freaking smart. Oh, by the way, I wanted to tell you something. If anybody wants to call and speak to us, there is a number right there to call. So I, I don't even know. There is a number? Yeah, it's I, right there in front. It's 445. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you, but if they call me, I, the, you know, hey, I don't even know how we're going to do this. So, Oh, know. they're going to call. Their, yeah, they're call, well, the caller thing is right over there. Yeah, but there. I don't know how to use the call screener at this point. Like, I can get Matt in here and show me how to do it. But <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I mean, I know how to use it, but like, I don't know how to use a specific one. So it'll be, it'll be something. Yeah, it's but, right. It's right. But, there, like, but anyway, you know so. what I mean? Like, it's, it's one of these things where 
you look at Cora, Cora actually looks at, you know, a baseball game and just watches it, analyzes it in real time, and gives the game what it needs. And I'm not, you know, look, he's not perfect, doesn't make the right decisions all the time. But a lot. He's a guy that doesn't manage by the book, so to speak. He exactly. manages oh by the, the, feel. the feel of the right, game. Right. What and like I remember the like the last time I questioned Alex Cora was in the year was 2018 when they won the World Series and it was uh, or was it 2019 now? I don't even. I honestly uh, years, 2018. Yeah, years at this yeah. point don't make any sense because I remember I remember Boone putting up Miguel Andujar and played all year and hitting 111 because he bats from the right side. What a genius he is! By the way, the number four four five four two three four is the number to call here if you want to talk to Evan Rob. So that's uh, that's number four four five four two three four. And everything is all yeah, set I have, right there. I have, I have no. Well, they're going to hope it works. Yeah, so. there's a cold, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it works. I hope it works. I have, I literally have no idea how it, it's going to work. But uh, oh yeah, see right there on the end of the board it says caller right there. I know, bang. I know. I mean, yeah. I get that part, but You'll, like I know, yeah, well, you know, whatever. You're, you're a fan, amazing. Um, Come on, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's the one thing about the about yeah. Cora is he again he gives you the the gives the game what it really needs, and and it's it's just a, he's a smart guy. And the thing with Boone is he just sits there and just watches the game, is making adjustments, and that's. The one thing he did started doing was being a little more aggressive in the base paths and, and running runners and doing hit and runs and things like that. But I, you know, I, I, well, you mentioned speed and the thing is like with Greg Allen coming up a switch hitting center fielder. I mean, and then they send him down for all these different reasons with a forty man roster. But then they get Davis from the Blue Jays who stinks hitting one thirty three. It's like why do I need this guy hitting one thirty three? On my team, I mean, between he and Gardner and the averages, you know, this is one thing. The averages of Major League Baseball are just absolutely pathetic. Now, tank, you yeah. could talk about the dead ball. You could talk about the ridiculous shift, which I hate the shift. I can go on for two hours about how much I hate the shift, okay? I can't stand the shift. It has ruined baseball for me. It has taken away all the entertainment value and all the joy of watching somebody field. Who the hell wants to see a ball go right to somebody? It's like cheating. You know what it would be like? It would be like taking the three-second violation at the, you, out, of, out of basketball. You and I okay? disagree on this so, so much. What? I'm on the other side of this you like the shift yeah look oh you are a ma- look you're a major league professional baseball hitter man <sighs> do something else with the ball but they and don't I, want to they're no, lazy my my issue is like if you get like let's say you're uh a lefty okay. right yep. if you're david ortiz right and everybody shift over to the right side of the infield then bunt the ball on the third base. He did. Line. He used to do it and laugh his way up to just do that. He, that's what he do. I would do it every time. Everybody's like, well, you know, they'd rather just have him get a single than, but but make him respect that. Like that's my point. Like make him respect that and make and make them think about it. But from an aesthetic point of view, it looks ridiculous when John Sterling says uh, three fielders on the right side, and I go, oh my god, here we go again. And then you see the picture right. of guys. You see, okay. You see a guy hit a ball into the into right field, and the second baseman standing in right field. I mean, otherwise, that's a hit. You've taken away the 300 hitter. You've taken away the entertainment value of watching something field. I can't imagine growing up watching Ozzie Smith and having the ball just go right to him every time instead of making fantastic plays. You've taken away everything that enriches baseball, which is watching guys make great fielding plays. Oh, the ball goes right to him now. Oh, how exciting is that? I'm thinking of the 2000 World Series where, you know, a guy like Luis Soho gets a little seeing-eye ground ball up the middle between the shortstop and the second baseman, and it comes around. Uh, here comes Brocious to score, and here comes Posada, and next thing you know, the Mets are, you know, gonna, the Yankees are going to win the World Series the next thing because of the fact that the ball went up the middle. Otherwise, it's a double play. The guy grabs the ball, steps on second base up to third, you know, first base, and that's it. You know, inning over, and now you have extra innings. I, think, I do think that 
right th- there'll be some changes here. I think Theo Epstein has been, you know, I, first off, I think Theo Epstein's going to be the commissioner of baseball come to the at some point. No, no, no. He come doesn't want to. Yankees. Wanna, he doesn't want to do that. I, he first off, he'll never go to the Yankees. He's actually said that. Why? Um, because it's he's grown up literally hating the Yankees. Oh, jeez. He's from. You got to remember, he is from Boston. I know he is. So he's just not going to go there. But I do think that there. I'm, you know, I'm not a huge Rob Manfred fan, and oh God, I think please. people understand that. Rob but, Manfred, oh my God! But you, I do think at some point, you know, Theo will end up in the commissioner's office, um, whether as a consultant or the commissioner himself. If the Mets like, gave him a piece of the team, maybe he'd come over and take his general manager. That's, the Mets. So that's that's the other part of this. I do think if he had team ownership, he would do that too. Yeah, why doesn't Cohen give him a piece? I mean, Cohen, I can't, you know, the guy's got uh, billions. So that, that that's because Theo Epstein's conquered it all. Unbelievable! Yeah, he, right? he, he he's done Unbelievable. it all. He he took took over the Red Sox team and and you know, got amazing. them to a World Series, uh, and then did the same thing with the, the Chicago Cubs? Cubs. That was amazing. There's nothing else to prove now. If you're the Epstein man, it's nothing. He comes the Knicks and win a championship. So, maybe <laughs> he's looking for another challenge, and the challenge would be either ownership. And he's talked about this ownership or commissionership. I think would be what he wants to do. But you know, I, he's talked about pace of play and how the. Baseball it's not fun doesn't anymore. have like the, the people want doubles, people want triples, right. people want home runs. Right, it's not just home runs. People just want ex- they want offense, they want guys on base, and that's what they need to get back to. And he's talked about that. So yeah, well, if you take the, if you bring the shift and take it away, you'll have more of that. that and that's they're, again, they're talking about that. It's ridiculous. That's not, I wouldn't be shocked in the near future if you see them augment the shift rules to like only two guys on right. one side exactly. of the infield. Correct, you know that kind of stuff. I think right. they'll do that. I don't think they'll go full. No shift because, like, okay, we have all this data that says the uh, guy hits the ball here all the time. You know, <laughs> what do you want us to do? Like, I hate, not do I that? hate analytics. Yeah, but, like, what? Like, at a certain point, don't you. Like, if, okay, if JD Martinez hits the ball to the same spot all the time, aren't you going to put a guy there? Doesn't that make sense? It, it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense. It's like, like I said, it's comparable to like taking offsides away in hockey and having a guy just cherry pick at the goal. I mean, it's the same thing with a three second violation in basketball. You've eliminated, no, which they don't call, by the way. Well, they never call because nobody's like underneath the basket. Well, nobody's underneath the basket anyway because they're all shooting three pointers. That's, but that's another thing we'll get into because you and I have been arguing about the three point shot forever. Fair point. You know, I watched basketball when actually people actually drove to the basket, and Kevin Durant's still stepping on the line. Thank God. Oh my God, the Nets! You know, I was so happy. You know, Durant. You know, Durant's the best player in the world, though, right? You know that. Yeah, well, he's he might be the best player in the world, but he's not exactly the most. Uh, you know, the guy that I would like to root for the most. I mean, they were like the most hateful team. I, I hated that team. I rooted for the Celtics last year. You know, you know I hate the Celtics. I rooted for them against the Nets. Okay, Durant by himself almost got into the Eastern Conference Finals. I know. I think it's. I think we. I don't think people. But they didn't. Thank God. I don't think people around here understand. How close they were, and this is a team that had no depth because Kyrie well, and Harden were hurt. Away. Well, you would do exactly every team would do what the Nets just did. Every I mean, team. you can't take three of the most unappealing per- people in the NBA and put them on the floor at the same. Guess time. what? It worked, Rob. I hate Kyrie Irving. Uh, 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 unless, unless, un- unless they get hurt, that team's one of the finals this ne- this this upcoming year, this upcoming season. If if Kyrie, Durant, and Harden don't get hurt, they're going to win the finals. I know, but wasn't it beautiful to watch a team that was actually built, possibly, you know, probably built the right way? Oh, no way. question. Right, it, Middleton was a, was it's, a trade. It's, it's nice okay. to watch yeah. somebody else win, right? but you also have to acknowledge that the Bucks won only because there were so many injuries around basketball, and they were the team that didn't get hurt. 
Yeah, but I love Giannis. Giannis is wonderful. Everybody, everybody should love Giannis. Giannis is incredible. Giannis is 26 years old, 27 years old. And great is, attitude. Is, yeah, is, is, yeah. You, you want to talk about great attitude. This Humble. is a guy that understands. Like, in the, like ben, him and Ben Simmons are so interesting because they're both these breathtaking athletes in space. Yep. And Ben Simmons is an incredible guy with vision. He's a great passer, a great athlete. Uh, unbelievable defender. Giannis, somewhat similar. Unbelievable defender. Breathtaking. Does different stuff than Simmons. But the difference between both of them is, and this is the biggest thing, yeah. Giannis is not afraid to fail. And Ben Simmons is afraid to fail. There's a reason why Ben Simmons doesn't shoot threes. It's because he can't hit them at a respectable rate. Giannis says, in order for the defense, in order for my team right. to do well, even though I don't hit this shot that much, I still have to take this shot when I'm wide open. Because if I hit a couple, then they have to pay more attention to me, and it opens it up for my teammates to drive to the basket, or maybe they'll have a little less defensive pressure on them. So Giannis understands that. He understands that, okay, I'm going to get followed to go to the free throw line. I have to make free throws. So Giannis, in the closing game of the season, in the last game of the NBA Finals, and Giannis isn't a great free throw shooter. No. He went, what, 17 of 19 from the free throw line? Right. Ben Simmons could never, ever do that because he's too afraid to go to the free throw line and miss. So he avoids the basket. He avoids the basket. So what do you do if you're Philadelphia and you have a guy that literally doesn't want to go to the free throw line? <laughs> like right, that's right, and exactly, they're free yeah. throws. Right, right. And they're free throws. They are literally there's well, nobody standing there. You have an open shot of the basket, and Ben Simmons is like, no way, no. And that's the difference. And, but and that's Philly, what I talk about all the time. Philly has, and they're like, you know, people are like, oh, Philadelphia's going to be in this. No, they're not. Unless Ben Simmons dramatically changes the way he plays, that team is a disaster. And that team is even more of a disaster because of what they went through to get those guys. Sam Hinkie put out teams in the floor that did not belong on the floor. They purposefully lost games. You know who does this all the time? Mike Lombardi does, talks about this all the time. Right. Former uh, executive of the Patriots and the Browns and the Raiders. Right, right, right. He's a huge Sixers fan, but he says the Sixers built their team the wrong way. They built a culture on losing and now expect to win games. You can't do that. And Ben Simmons is breathtaking as he is. He just is a problem for that team and the way they're constructed. Ben Simmons, to me, is basically a center. But he's a point center. Remember when Magic in the what was it, eighty-one finals? Yeah, sure. Watch the game score forty-two points. When I'm he, showing my age now. When he had a play center yep, in the finals, sure do. And like that's what Ben Simmons is. Yep. He's Magic in a way, but Magic wasn't afraid to do stuff like Ben Simmons is. Right. Ben Simmons is a heck of an athlete, but the thing with Simmons is. He just, he just. But why can't you be a distributor as a as a guard like like Ben Simmons? Why must everybody rely on three point shots? Why because I mean it's ridiculous. All right, so so when he has the ball at top, free throws. Nobody when goes he to the basket. when he has the ball at top of the key, nobody's paying attention to him. You're playing four on five. Okay, and you can clog the paint. Right, and, and look, clog and, the paint and, and Embiid is an animal. Oh, I love that Embiid. Joel Embiid is an animal inside. Yep. But when you have two guys in the paint to guard him. And you have nobody else. So that's that. Right. That's, so give me your thoughts on the Knicks. Uh, you want to go to a break first? Because yeah, we're at 39 break, minutes. So let's do it. that. Let's go to a break All first. Right, you got and we'll come back and do some NBA NFL. Yeah, we'll talk maybe? about the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. Because we got to, you know, look, it's it's August. We have NFL absolutely, to talk yeah, about, absolutely. too. So. 445 4, 4, 4, 2, 3, 4. We'll be back right after this on WTBR Sports Talk.
Support for WTBR comes from Greylock Federal Credit Union, proud to support high school arts and sports programs to help our community thrive. Greylock Federal, with locations throughout the Berkshires and online at greylock.org. And from BeFair. BeFair is one of the largest premier human service agencies in Berkshire County. If you're looking for services for a loved one or are interested in caring for the people we support, visit BeFair.org today for available opportunities. Underwriters are so important for keeping this station alive. Hi, this is Sean Sayre, Executive Director of PCTV. I'd like to thank our local businesses for supporting Pittsfield Community Radio and for believing in the mission of the station. When you hear underwriting messages on the air, you know those companies support WTBR-FM. If you're listening now and your business would like to join in and support us, call me today at 445-4234 and get involved or visit us at WTBRFM.com. It will make all the difference. Oh, yes! 89.7 WTBRFM Pittsfield. Magic Dick from Pittsfield, Massachusetts. Hitting it hard on the harmonica there, so uh, that's right. I used to call them the Jewish Rolling Stones, the Jake Isles band. Ain't nothing but a hey, house yeah, party. They're in the Hall of Fame now, aren't they? They just get elected into the, the Rock and Roll Hall no, of Fame? No, I don't think so. I wish they were. They deserve to be there. I mean, goodness well, I, gracious. I, I mean, this is one of my fantastic. One of my hottest takes is the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is ridiculous. Oh, it is. It's ridiculous. I mean, my guy TR just got in this year, Todd Rudgren, but I don't think he'll show up even though he's they're signing autographs a couple of years. I've been there a couple of times because I used to live in Cleveland, not Cleveland, Drury, Erie, Pennsylvania, where I was, um, you know, I used to live in Pennsylvania. It's about an hour and a half to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's right. great, but it's like walking to an airport. It's so expensive. It's insane, but uh, anyway, yeah, we get your thoughts about the Knicks for a moment. I, you know, I was watching the NBA draft, and then you were filling me in on some of these players, but they kept trading away picks. I'm like, what are they doing here? And you're trying to say they're opening up cap space and stuff. But all right, they got Kemba Walker, which is a nice move. I hope Kemba oh, we'll, stays healthy. We'll I love Kemba. Yeah. And uh, obviously, the, the kid, they, they, the other guy they signed. What's his name? The guy from the outside. The guy who shoots. The guy that the guy, shoots. The guy. The guy from the outside. They just got. Uh, they signed another kid who shoots uh, long shots, and I can't remember his name now. Crazy, right? Yeah, I'm, so, I'm, I don't. I'll have to look that up. You'll look it up. I can't but, remember. You, but. Know, it, you were you were texting me about the Knicks in their yeah. draft. Like, look, the Knicks wanted to clear cap space just in case Chris Paul didn't resign with right with uh, with the Phoenix Suns, which we all thought was going to happen. <laughs> Ridiculous anyway. contract. Um, yeah, you know what? That look, Chris Paul is amazing, but at some point the wheels are going to fall off, especially when you're a small guard like that. Right. But, you know, look, the Knicks. The <sighs> it's well, let's, start, let's, let's let's start with what they did in free agency. I guess you know they go get Kemba Walker because they you know Oklahoma City buys him out, right? And he ends up in New York for eight to ten million or whatever you know eight million ten million a year whatever the number is, which is a good number for Kemba Walker. You know paying Kemba thirty million if the Celtics or the, or the Thunder is not good versus paying him eight to ten million. That's 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 pretty good. Um, I hope Kemba's healthy. I don't. Me too. I don't know though. I can't. You know, there were times last year where he looked good. There were times last year where he didn't. And I don't know if that's confidence. I'm not sure what that is with Kemba. He is a great teammate. He is a great guy. 
Um, maybe putting him back at MSG, bring something out of yeah, him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I hope I, – I, I love Kemba. He is um, – Yeah, me too. He's great. He's he's just a great person. So I just hope that he's he's healthy again. And, you know, if he's good for the Knicks, then that'll that'll be a huge story, obviously, in New York. And it'll – it'll you know, everything will – Everything will turn around. I, I I didn't love the Randall deal though. You mean as far as getting Randall yourself? Yeah, itself? I, I, you know, you have to ask yourself the question: uh, Did they catch lightning in a bottle with Randall last oh, year? Oh, you're talking about the resigning Randall. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I gotcha. I, I'm not totally thrilled with it. If I'm a, a Knicks fan, I get why they did it. You can't just let him leave for nothing right, or gotcha, something like right, that. Right. But I'm a little worried about because, like in the playoffs, he was a nightmare. He was really bad. Um, oh, it was awful. I couldn't and, stand watching them. And my only issue with both Kemba and Randall is how does that affect R.J. Barrett? Because at the end of the day, they they R.J. Barrett has to be good, okay? And there are flashes from R.J. where you're like, oh, there's something here. Right, right. This right. is good. This yep. is good. But he needs more time to develop. And if you have two guys that need the ball in their hands to be successful over Barrett, then you're going to have to sacrifice some stuff there. I'm not sure if Barrett's the guy that's going to develop off the ball under the guy they need him to be. So, like, that's my concern with the Knicks. Now, look, they're just trying to be relevant again to try and 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 be attractive for free agents. Right, that's right. what this really is. Yep. The Knicks are going to try and get back to a team that lures free agents to New York because it's New York and the market and the endorsement deals you can make off it. Who? But that's what they want to do. Yeah. You know, they go get Worldwide West, you know, and they, they, they redo their front office for that exact reason. Okay. They they want to make sure, you know, Leon Rose. But Leon Rose has had guys that he's represented that could have come here that chose not to be. Uh, well, nobody that's going to move the. New York. Nobody's going to move the needle. Yeah, I know. You know, they want to. They're trying to be like. Kentucky East here, right? They want to get all the Kentucky guys. So, right. you know, when Carl Anthony Towns is finally upset at Minnesota or Devin Booker, you know, probably won't happen anymore. But if Devin Booker were to ask out of nice Phoenix, player too. Um, you know, they're looking for something like that. Right. And, 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 you know, by being relevant again and by going to the playoffs a bunch, they can, they can become more attractive. But, you know, they tried the, the Kyrie Durant thing and they <laughs> chose Brooklyn over the Knicks. And I think they were trying to get Kawhi potentially, but Kawhi just re up with the Clippers. So, you know, they they're trying to go after these big fish and they just they they at, right. at some point somebody will choose New York. I hope so cuz Kawhi just signed resigned with the yeah, Clippers. At so at some I, point I somebody that, obviously. somebody will choose New York and they just want to be ready for right. that particular thing. And 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 my issue is, you know, if you draft RJ Barrett in the top 3, you owe it to him to develop it. Like if the Celtics for some reason didn't develop Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, like they just kept signing guys. Tatum drives me nuts. Why does Tatum drive you nuts? Because he doesn't distribute enough. He thinks he's the only guy on the floor, and that's a lot of problem I have. The isolation. Rob, he's twenty three years old. What do you want him to do? Be LeBron? No, I want him to pass the basketball once in a while. Stop relying on shots and stop shooting threes. You Start know, taking the ball to the basket. You talk about free throws. Nobody takes the ball to the basket anymore. Everybody relies on threes. Three after three after three. It drives me nuts. But anyway, I want to get to the NFL for for a moment after. But that's the thing. A guy like Tatum should be. He scores sixty points. A guy like uh, I'm thinking of. You know, uh, the kid from Portland. And then, 
Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard. And the Knicks wanted to get him. He scored 55 points in the playoffs in a game that they lost. He doesn't make anybody better. That's the thing. These guys don't make anybody better. They There's score. a difference between Dame and Tatum, though. Dame is 30-something. Well, yeah, of course. And Tatum's still learning yeah, how to play. Of course. I know Tatum's a great talent. That's what I'm saying. If they could get themselves a guy on the low post, the Celtics, they'd be great because Tatum could learn how to distribute and also score. That's the thing. But anyway, i got to talk about the, the National Football League with you. Sure. John Center, the voice of God of the National Football League. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, so Giants, Patriots, Jets. Um, let's see. Patriots, what do you think? What are you, what are you talking about? Who's playing quarterback? What's the record going to be? What are the Giants going to do behind another garbage offensive line? I have well, no idea. Let's go one at a time okay, here, one at I time guess, here. right? All right so take the Patriots. The Pats. All right. uh, I like the Pats this year. Um, I like the Pats every year. I think they are going to zag while everybody is zigging. I think everybody is getting really pass happy, and I think the Pats are going to run the football a ton. Um, their offensive line is really good. Of course, every year it is. Um, they have, uh, you know, they have depth there a little bit, not too much depth, but they have some depth in the offensive line. Their running back situation is tremendous with Damian Harris, who I think is really good. Oh, I love good. Damian Harris. Uh, Sonny Michelle's his backup, then James White on third down. They're 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 very. You know they're Versatile. capable there. Yeah, yeah. Um, two tight end sets with John Smith and Hunter Henry. Henry got banged up a little bit, but looks like he'll be ready for the right. first week of the season. Um, John Smith, I think they'll deploy a little bit differently um, as maybe an H back. They'll be, you know, I don't want to compare him to Aaron Hernandez, but he's going to play a role that's somewhat similar, um, I think. But we'll see. Um, but this this team. Is going to be a throwback team, and I and I, I wouldn't be shocked if Mac Jones is starting by like week five. I'd love to see. You know me, I'm a Bama fan, so I'd love to see Mac play because everybody's thinking that Mac can't play. I think Mac could play and fit right into. See the thing about Belichick, which I love about him, he makes adjustments according to not only the schedule but the personnel he has on the field, and that's why he's a great coach because he understands personnel situations, and that's that's why he's who he is. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they pick up a guy for like a, a night that can run, and they'll cut him the next week. I remember that. Remember they had that kid, I Jonas can't, Gray. Remember Jonas Gray? Yeah, <laughs> always remember. And he ran for 200 yards against the Colts, and then the next week they cut him. And they well, find these guys. It's amazing. Yeah. It really is amazing what they do year after year after year after. Yeah, I know they've had a crappy division to play in, beating up on the Dolphins, the Jets, and be, you know beating up on Buffalo. Now Buffalo is good, but I mean, every year the Patriots, you can guarantee that they're going to make the playoffs or they're going to be. Another winning team, and it doesn't even matter who the personnel is. It's a matter of just the way they evaluate and the way they design a game plan is so unbelievable. I mean, it really is. It's so impressive. But uh, and the Giants, I'm telling you right now, the Giants. They just activated Saquon. I'm happy he's back. I hope he stays healthy. But I'm telling you right, Evan. This organization has not focused on the one thing that creates a great team, and that's an offensive line and a great defensive pass rush. They do not have these elements every stinking year, and Gettleman keeps just denying and, and, and denying the fact that they don't have a good line. And poor Daniel Jones is going to be thrown from his rear end. I'm telling you right now, this is what I see. I don't know what – I'll get your opinion on the Giants, so – no, go ahead. Finish your no, thought. No, though. That, yeah, that was my thought. Oh, you know, okay. Daniel, well, Daniel Jones, can he be a good quarterback? Can he can he maintain a season? I mean, the guy had what eleven touchdowns last year behind a lousy line. I mean, the, well, they're going to give him more. They gave him more weapons. Oh, absolutely. So we'll but if you, have, you can have weapons, but it doesn't matter if you're throwing from your rear end. And Evan Ingram can't catch a pass to save his rear end. Either. He drops and drops and drops. Last year, he, he cost them a game that would have probably put him in the playoffs in that lousy division. But well, I'll, I'll say this: yeah. the Giants are going to give Daniel Jones some help at the skill positions. Okay. They know they did. They bring in Galladay. They right. have Kyle Rudolph. Right. So they're going to be a little bit better on that end. Um, but, like, 
Kyle's really not a blocking tight end. He's more of a passing tight end, a, a catching tight end. I'm That's not. A, thing. I'm not. A, I'm just not a big DJ fan. I'm just not. Like I, you know, look. I when they, when they picked him, I wasn't totally sure about it. But now, like you know, you got to deal with it. But I, I'm just not. I'm not sold oh, on the kid him. From Florida. I'm not sold. On, well, Kadarius Tony can play, right. but we'll see if he. You know, we'll see how he fits in with this receiver crew because this seems deep there. I mean, they right. have Shepard. Uh, they have uh, who's the other kid there? Slayton. Slayton they have yep. uh, Ingram. They have Rudolph. Yep. And they have Kenny Galladay. So I'm not really right. sure where he fits in there. Um, you know, I, I'm just not totally positive that this team is built for Daniel Jones at all. But we'll find out, I guess. Right? Well, I'm not, and, and you know, to me, I can't stand Jason Garrett. I mean, I can't stand Garrett, and I think Garrett puts him in a position sometimes where he can't succeed when you have a third down and three, and the guy's throwing 25 yards down the field for an incompletion. What's the point? I don't get it. You know what I'm saying? It right. Just, I mean. You know, you, you look at the Patriots, you go back to the Patriots. When they have a third down and three and Brady was playing, he threw four yards. He didn't go 20 yards down the field. That's the thing. You have a young quarterback. Put him in a position to win and run the ball when you can. You know, there was times last year with the Giants where they could run the ball and get the first down. He put the game into Daniel Jones's hands, and he's throwing interceptions all over the field because he's uncomfortable in the pocket and so forth. It's just... You know, I want to see Daniel succeed. He seems like a great kid. He's a good athlete. He can run, use his speed, and use his effectiveness. Last year was screaming at Garrett, roll him outside. If the line's not playing well, roll him outside. So that's that's my opinion. That's my feeling. The Giants could be a very successful team this year in a division that's, you know, somewhat better. Washington's improving every year, especially their defense. Now they go and they get, you know, the guy moves every year for quarterback. It's amazing. He just goes from team to team to team. Um, but you know they'll they'll do well, and the Washington uh, football team, as they're called now, yep. uh, they they have a tremendous young defense. I mean, look at the guys on the young yeah. That's going to be your problem. Absolutely, they're they're, they're going to get after the quarterback, yep. and if you're the Giants and if no offensive yep. line, what in the world are they going to do with that? How do you stop both guys from both sides of, of the line? They have two kids that are unbelievable. Well, Chase Young is oh, great. I insane. Love him. Absolutely love him. He and he's a great teammate. Like I actually, I'm a big Chase Young fan, oh, me too. and I'm gonna. I don't like Ohio State guys. For I don't know I just I'm not a huge <laughs> yeah, I don't like I'm not, I, I'm just not I don't I, I'm not a big Urban Meyer guy so yeah, I got you I, I have like this thing against Ohio State however Chase Young is the real deal he's so good he's so 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 good he he is my yeah. my dark horse um, for MVP defensive player of the year yeah. guy yeah. Um, I th- I think there's a real shot there I think that Washington team you know we'll see what Dallas looks like. It's funny because Dallas is going to be all offense and Washington's going to be all defense. Right, and Dallas uh, to me, I, I I can't stand the coaching. I just think I just think he's the most overrated coach of all. Well, let time. me let me. Yeah. Any hopes that the Giants can do anything in that division? Any hope at all? Yeah, if they protect Daniel Jones, look, the defense is going to be better. I love the I love the fact that they drafted this kid from uh, from from Georgia. You know, the uh, defensive uh, defensive lineman. Yeah. So I'm 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 looking forward to the defense, but the offensive line is the really the key to this. It's, you know, because seriously, you put Daniel Jones in a play pass situation, he's going to be much better. Yeah. They, but they shotgun way too much. So that's the thing. Another thing I was blaming Jason Garrett last year: put the guy in play action pass situation. Stop shotgunning him. Let him allow. Make him take two or three steps and then throw the. Ball. Don't put him in a position where he has to stand back in the backfield for 10 seconds and get cream. So, but that's the thing. Yeah, they can do well. I think if they protect him, they have enough weapons. Certainly their defense has improved. Last year was much better. I'm glad they kept Pat around because he's a really good defensive coordinator. And I'm hoping that they, they continue to grow. And uh, Joe Judge, you know, he seems like a guy who really has his head together. He's a disciplined guy. You know, he won't take any crap from anybody. You know, they had a brawl last week. Uh, they had actually brawl. Daniel Jones was on the bottom of the pile last week, if you can believe it, right on the field. So these guys are hungry. They want to win and so forth. But uh, right before we go, by the way, 
everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, next week we'll be back at 10 o'clock. Uh, maybe Evan will be via phone. I'm not sure quite yet what's going on, but uh, it's been great. But anyway, I wanted to get to the Jets just for the last moment. This is about the worst football franchise of all time. I mean, literally. Okay. I, I, I can hardly even remember when Joe Namath won the Super Bowl. I was so little, but I do remember Namath. And today, to this day, the greatest release of any quarterback I ever saw in my life. But now you have a young quarterback. You have a young coach. They can only go up from here. But I don't know. Are you sold? Are you sold on this kid from BYU? Are you sold on him? I think I think it's totally possible the Jets have the first the worst first round quarterback of the bunch. You think so? I think it's completely possible. Okay. I think I think what could have like look, first off, Zach Wilson. Right. I get the the, the sex appeal, so to speak, right? Yeah. He's a good looking guy, you know. Well, not just that. The guy's got a cannon for an yeah, arm. Yeah, it's great he's a great arm. Uh it also helps that he played for BYU, which has an outrageously good offensive line. Easy schedule. Uh, yeah, and they have an easy schedule. See, this is why I like Mac Jones. And, and, and people are going to be like, well, why would you like Mac? Here's why I like Mac Jones Mac. more than, than Zach Wilson. Because he fits into a pro offense. Go ahead. Yep. Zach Wilson. I'm just talking. Look at who they played. Okay. Mac Jones, every, day, every game is going to go out against some super team. Like, they're playing in the SEC. Right. And Mac Jones had one of the most efficient offensive seasons in the history of football. And that was a weird year. Yep, yep. But he had one of the most efficient seasons in the history of football. Playing for Alabama, yep. which has this my, out, my team, outrageous right? amount of talent. Yep. So BYU, the flip side is, well, you know, he's not throwing to anybody. Da, 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 da. Well, he's also not playing the teams that Mac's playing. Right. Okay. Yep. And again, I get the attraction of the big arm and all that stuff, but you have to also have a plan for that. And my thing with with the and the Jets are trying to build an offensive line. They've got Elijah Vera Tucker in the draft, who I, I like quite a bit. They got Makai Backton last year. Right, right. They've added some pieces in that area. I like this kid Elijah Moore that they got from Ole Miss oh, in the right. second round. Right. I think he's really talented. So just a heads up on that. Yep. But I'm I'm not totally sold that he's going to be amazing year one. I think Mac on the flip side is going to play for a Patriots team that has a plan and has an offensive coordinator that literally looks for a guy like Mac Jones. The one Efficiency. Thing that, the right? one thing that you have to have right. between your quarterback and your offensive coordinator, you have to share a mind, share a brain. Right. And Mac, considering what we saw in his one year in Alabama, and Josh McDaniels, what we saw with Tom Brady, you can see that partnership working really well. Trey Lance and Kyle Shanahan, that's another one. No, duh. That's going to make a lot of sense. Right. The one that I'm curious is Justin Fields in Chicago. We'll see how that goes. And I think Trevor Lawrence is so good, it doesn't matter who his offensive coordinator is. Right, right, right. But I, I do think that situation is big when it comes to these things. So you having, the right, right. having the right situation around you. I think Mac is in line for more success year one than Zach Wilson. I agree a hundred percent. I do because he comes from the program. It's just it's also the thing with Mac too is it's his um, his mental toughness. Not only that, but it's it's his um, awareness on the field, the way he plays. You know? I, and, I, and that's the thing that you can't you can't unless you watch well, instinct. it and let someone point it out for you. Right. You don't really understand it. I watched this one. This like it was like a twenty minute video on Mac Jones. Right. And these guys, um, and I, 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 I apologize for not remembering the guys that did it. You didn't remember anybody? I can't believe it. <laughs> these two guys, I think they're both named Mark, Mark Schofield and Mark something else. Okay, Mark, okay. Matt, no, Matt Waldman and Mark Schofield. Mark Schofield again. Okay. Yep. They broke down Mac Jones for like 20 minutes. And they were like, look at the reads that this guy makes. You can watch him go. You can watch his head. And then watch, you know, 
Watch the timing. Watch the throw. Watch where it is thrown. He throws it to a spot for a re- like he does all these things that pro quarterbacks do. So I I think Max going to be just fine. I wouldn't be surprised if he started week one at this point. But I think they'll probably roll with Cam because they want they owe it to Cam in a way. Um, but I, I'm I'm a big Mac Jones fan. I think he's going to be oh, dynamite. Me, absolutely, for them. me too. I was really psyched. Not so much that he went to the Patriots, but I was psyched that he got drafted. Anyway, folks, it's time to wrap it up. We'll be back next week at 10 o'clock. Don't forget the number, 445-4234. My thanks to Matt Tucker and the rest of the staff at WTBR. And my sincere thanks to Evan Valenti, who's the man. Evan, thanks a lot, brother. I appreciate it so much. We'll see you next Tuesday at 10 o'clock. Till then, stay safe, stay well, everybody. And we'll see you on WTBR Sports Talk. Talk to you next week. I know.